Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in Thursday for weekly podcasts. All right, welcome back to another episode of Lance's House of Sports. I'm your host, Lance Wyatt, and today I'm joined with House members Dylan Curran and Ben Gabriel, and we got plenty to get into today, but we're starting right in the thick of the playoffs in the MLB as we just finished the wildcard weekend. The Seattle Mariners were able to uh, sweep the Toronto Blue Jays in two games. Cleveland Guardians were also able to sweep the Rays in a uh, tough pitcher's duel matchup. Uh, The Padres were able to beat the Mets in three games and sending the Mets home. And then the Phillies were able to sweep the Cardinals and are now playing the Braves in the NLDS. And as we speak, the Philadelphia Phillies are up 1-0 on the Atlanta Braves. And game one is just now starting as we begin this podcast but let's get right into it the NLDS I mean I don't see one big particular favorite in the AL Um, I think the Dodgers are still the powerhouse in the NL but um, let's start with the AL yeah I mean yeah here we go right the I mean the AL it was a pretty low scoring game pretty low scoring series like I mean as was expected with the Guardians in the in the Rays Uh, Mariners surprisingly swept the Blue Jays like you said yeah sorry Um, about your uh, pick last week yeah, but that, that was, was a uh, tough series I mean the bats were swinging in that one yeah I mean Mariners made a, a couple couple late comebacks and uh, were able to to sweep them in Toronto um, the end was really kind of the interesting side I think the Mets I mean like I said the Mets kind of blew it right the Mets uh, they messed up bad not winning the division and uh, obviously it hurt them losing first round of the to the Padres and um, I mean the Cardinals again I thought the Cardinals that was you know toss-up matchup Cardinals Phillies and uh Phillies were able to, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, score six runs in that ninth inning in game one. I mean, that was after St. Louis was up 2-0, so, I mean, they made, obviously, a great comeback. Yeah, I mean, as you said, they're up 1-0 against Atlanta, another yeah. tough matchup. So, um, But, so, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest disappointment when you look at the wild card is obviously the Mets. That is a big disappointment, um, especially when you look at some of these free agents that they're going to have, uh, DeGrom, and what, what are they going to do with Scherzer. Uh, Jeff McNeil was all-star this year, so they got a lot of uh, – questions and uh question marks with these players coming into next season but Mets is such a disappointment such a disappointing season for him and uh hats off to the Padres though I mean that game three was definitely one of the most exciting games I've ever seen and Joe Musgrove he pitched his ass off in that game I mean uh the Mets had to go get him checked uh by the umps to see if he had any uh legal substances on him and uh he came back clean so uh it's a hell of a game yeah so that's a lot of respect to Musgrove and uh showing uh the type of dominance he could uh show in an MLB game but uh, before we go to that Padres uh, NLDS series, let's uh, pick up in this uh, Phillies versus Braves series. So the Phillies were able to steal game one. Um, they're up 1-0. They got Zach Wheeler pitching today against Kyle Wright. I really think this is a game that the Braves need. I mean, yeah. I mean, we were talking about the favorites in the NL is obviously the Dodgers, but I think the that other team would be the Braves. Phillies, uh, I mean, we were talking last week um, kind of – Got hot at the right time. They're playing great baseball, obviously, and won a game that I didn't. I mean, I don't think many people had them winning that game one, uh, opening opening game in that series against the Braves on the road. Um, now they're pitching, arguably their second best pitcher, Zach Wheeler, out there today. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. Castellanos, Harper, uh, they balled out. That's what they need, though. They need those those top heavy guys that line up. Because I mean, Castellanos, Harper, they I mean they're going to produce a lot of those runs and. I mean, we'll see Braves one through nine. Obviously, they're a really good team, but uh, I mean, Philly's this, Philly's getting hot at the this, right time. Yeah, this is a weird matchup because you got the defending champs, and you're going up against a team that really no one was expecting mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, yeah, and now they're uh, 
picking up, starting to get real hot um, as they picked up where they left off in the regular season. And now they got a chance to make a run, and they got the guys for it. It's just whether or not you can uh, hit the ball at the time when needed. If the Phillies are able to scrap away another win on the road uh, against win. Atlanta, um, this series is in their hands, and they got a whole lot more to look forward to. They're not hoping to just win this series. Um, they're hoping to go all the way. So I don't know. Who do you think wins this series still? Um, I, I mean, I'm still going to take the Braves yeah. to win the series. Um, yeah. I mean, I just – Phillies, I don't know, man. I mean, throughout the whole year they were inconsistent. I mean, like, I, like I've been saying, they got hot at the right time. And uh, just playing good baseball, that's just kind of how it happens. You make the playoffs, anything can happen. But, I mean, I still probably – I'm probably with you too. I, I like the Braves in this. They just got too much of a powerhouse team. Like I know they lost uh, Freddie Freeman in that uh, terrible deal last year. I mean – I don't know. That deal was weird, right? Because like he wanted to stay in Atlanta. Yeah. So I mean, he, what was going uh, on with him and his uh, him and his agent? Yeah. So he actually wanted to stay. Uh, it's kind of a tough story for him. He actually wanted to stay in Atlanta, whole career, whatever. And uh, his agent wanted to move out to L.A. and uh, Dodgers gave him that offer. But Freddie Freeman actually never knew about the offer from the Braves, right? He kind of just thought the Braves were dismissing him, didn't want to want to have him back. And uh, unfortunately for him. They did offer him a contract that his agent never told him about, and uh, he ended up taking the one in L.A. I think everybody would agree he would much rather be with the Braves. Not that he hates it in L.A. because obviously he doesn't, but I think that's you know where he'd like if to fin- have finished his career, and it's just unfortunate that the agent never relayed that information back to him. Yeah, man. If they if they're able to match up in the series, be, uh, if they can both move on, that would be that'd be a crazy. That series. would be one to never forget. But I'm going to rock with the Braves with you in that series. I still think they just got too many too many stud players. I mean, Acuña, Riley, Danzy yeah, Swanson. Yeah, back I mean, is huge as well. Yeah, yeah. They they just got I think I think they'll be able to pick it up, uh find a way to get some runs and I think they'll be fine. But we'll see. We'll see as the game goes on as we do this podcast. But let's talk about the other huge game and this is my favorite matchup. I mean, the San Diego Padres against the LA Dodgers. That Dodgers team is an all-star team. Um, so the Padres not being able to get that win last night, that's a tough one for them because tough you one, got yeah. you got to get every win you can against yeah. that team. Especially to open up the series. I mean, Dodgers, like you were saying, tough team as it is already. And just to go down 1-0, I mean, they got obviously this game in L.A. Uh, tomorrow, I think it is. Uh, I believe it's tonight. It is tonight. Yeah, so they got, the they got a night game tonight. Um, I mean, this is the best matchup out of the uh, – uh, championship series here in, uh, or the divisional series, excuse me. And, um, I mean, I just, Padres, like we were saying, I mean, they could obviously make the run. They've got a great team, um, beat the Mets. And those, I mean, those two wins that they beat the Mets, they handled them pretty easily. So yeah, they did. Dodgers obviously are a, uh, better team than the Mets, but, uh, I mean, it could go we'll see. Way. We'll I see mean, what type they, of pitching uh, it is tonight. I mean, it's going to be hard to hit some baseballs tonight with you, Darvish versus Clayton Kershaw yeah, on the yeah, mound. No I doubt, mean, yeah. that's going to be a pitcher's duel, but, um, who's, let me ask you this. Who is one guy on the Padres that you really think needs to keep showing that consistency on the team to try and help that team rally and um, get hits together? Yeah, no, there's a uh, – I mean, obviously you got the uh, the notable guys in Juan Soto, Machado, and Cronenworth and these guys, but uh, maybe somebody that people don't really hear enough about is a guy bats 8-9 in the lineup, Trent Grisham. Love that. Yep. He plays center field. He's a left-handed hitter. Um, he hits lefties very well, which is very hard to do lefty on lefty in the, in major leagues. And I don't want to say carried him cause he didn't carry him. He's their X factor. He right was now. a big part of what they were doing when they were winning those games versus the Mets in that, uh, wild card series. Um, like I said, obviously you've got the main guys that they're going to throw out there, but Trent Grisham is a guy to 
to remember, keep an eye on uh, if you ever, uh, you know, tune into the Padres game because he, I mean, he's been producing and he's unlike he was in the regular season. He's showing that uh, nothing's uh, nothing's too big for him because he was struggling in the regular season hitting the ball. He was more of a def- uh, defensive guy for that squad. And that's what kind of, you know, that's what And now happened. he's starting to bring it together and show it on the offensive end as well. And he just needs his teammates to start backing him up as well. But for this series, I really think it's going to go five games. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think, I think the Padres steal this game tonight. Um, I think Hugh Darvish is in a great groove. So is Kershaw. But we've seen a lot of top pitchers in the league already in these playoffs getting rocked. And I think the Padres they know they need this one. They, they can't know, yeah. they can't go back home down o mm-hmm. two uh, because mm-hmm. yeah it's an easier environment and whatnot. But just having that one one tie instead of going down to o two it's just yeah it's big for comfortability. But uh, so who you, who you got in that series? I'm gonna take the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, I had. Uh, I mean, I picked Dodgers coming out, winning the World or at least to get to the World Series. So I'm gonna keep riding with them. Um, Padres, obviously a great team. I mean, I outside of the Yankees, Dodgers, I think you know Braves, obviously in that. And I mean, but yeah, Padres, obviously they could beat them. I mean, um, I'm gonna take the Padres in this you're series. Padres? And let me tell you why. Because I think Trent Grisham keeps doing what he's doing. I think Juan Soto finally rallies together, as well as Machado, Josh Bell, Will Myers, Jay Cronenworth. But they're pitching. I really like everyone. When you think of pitching, you go to the Dodgers. But this team out in San Diego, they're hot. Their whole lineup is hot, and they've been and they're just now getting rolling. And while they struggled last night, I mean they were able to get a hold of them. If you Darvish is able to handle this game tonight, and they get back in that groove heading back home, I see no reason why they'd be able to keep doing that heading back to uh, San Diego. So uh, let's talk about the uh, Mariners Astros game in the ALDS. I mean the Astros were. Able to squeak by, come back, and Barely. beat the Mariners in that first game yesterday. Mariners gave that game up, man. They yeah, needed no. that one. Never they were going to keep this it. series close. I mean, they were up, what was it, 7-3? to three. I want to say 7-3. to three. I want to say they were Something up 7-3 like to in that game, and they had it won. And then the uh, Astros just didn't go away like they always did, and they were able to keep putting in runs. And then they had men on base in that ninth inning. And That ninth inning was, was very – the way that they managed that was uh, – was pretty questionable for the Mariners. They uh, they had their closer in. Um, there was two outs left in the game, and score was seven to five at that point. And Jordan Alvarez was coming up for the for the Astros. They I mean, made a, a pitching beast. change. They made uh, Mariners made a pitching change to bring in a lefty, Robbie Ray, who's never closed the game in his career, never has a save in his career, um, and they threw him out there game one on the road against probably the Astros' best hitter uh, this season and. I mean, he had a three-run home run and ended up winning the game. That's just a—it's a questionable call. It makes no sense to put in a guy who has zero experience in that in that type of situation. Um, I get, you know, understanding that you're trying to match up lefty versus lefty and 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 have it kind of in your favor, I guess. But two outs, guy. I mean, there was a guy on first and second, scores seven to five, and I mean, it was just—it was a bad move because their closer is not bad. I mean, he—he's come in and he's got a lot of saves and. Um, I, I, I just don't understand the move to bring in somebody that has no, um, you know, has never been in that situation before. It's I just such a high leverage it, moment I just think as it's well. so I tough mean, for a team like that because you had it, man. You had, had it. it. Exactly. You were, you were able to sweep that wild card round going up against one of the best teams in baseball. And trying you're to steal up, a game on and, the road. And you're trying to steal a game on the road and you just absolutely it blow it. Blew I mean, it. I mean, talk about demoralizing for a team. Bad and now in this game two going on uh, Thursday uh, it's Louis Castillo 
uh, Castillo against uh, Framber Valdez, and that's another great pitching matchup, one that you'd love to see in the playoffs. But I think this Houston team is just going to keep on rolling. They're going to keep rolling. It's and hard to come back from that loss. It, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I mean, I honestly, I think Houston sweeps this series now. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, either. I really thought the Mariners, if they were able to win that game yesterday, it's Make totally, it a little more interesting. It's a totally different totally series, different. and I could even see it going four or five. Maybe even the Mariners stealing this series. Yeah, sure. But with losing that game, it just takes all of that out of the equation. And now they're playing from behind, and they got to they got to find a way to win tomorrow. Yeah. Or if they go back to Seattle down 0-2, it's it's not looking good. I don't, I don't, it's not looking good at all. The last uh, divisional series that we want to talk about is the Cleveland Guardians against the New York Yankees. Uh, the Guardians, I was at their game game two on Saturday. That game went 15 innings. I felt, like, I felt like I was there from sunup to sundown. But let me tell you, the pitching in that game was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of like we were talking about last week. I was as expected. I mean, it was a low-scoring game. This uh, Yankees-Guardians, I mean, I think a lot of people just off the top, like looking at it, you pick the Yankees to win. Um, I think when you really like break it down, Yankees Guardians. I think when both teams take out the starting pitching, um, and they, you know, both teams have to go to the bullpen. I, I would think, or I personally think the Guardians have that advantage when you talk about the oh, bullpen yeah, between sure. the two teams. Um, but they just they can't score runs, man. I, I feel like we, you know, continue to say that they they just can't score runs. That's just what it is. And um, they scored one run last game, and that was off a home run, which they never do. So the the fact that they were able to get a home run, maybe break it open a little bit, it didn't. I don't know. I, I could easily see the Yankees, you know, getting by, not no trouble really. But I mean, that's that's not. You so know, the Guardians are a good the team. The big that's question, the big question for me, if the Guardians want to try and keep this series relevant, is they got to start getting more hits. They got to start bringing in runs. Exactly, I mean, exactly. I mean, in this whole in the three games they've played so far, they've only had four total runs yeah, in these four three total games. runs. They're struggling to bring in runs, and that bad. game too went bad. It went 15 innings, and they won the game one zero. They won the game one zero off Oscar Gonzalez's. Uh, and, and crazy thing is, not yeah. If crazy thing is, if they, I feel like if they could get it to like even like two zero, like late late in the game and throw those guys out they there got the, the pitching. bullpen. They got they the got pitching, the pitching to close in the game. bullpen to close they the game. You're right. They just gotta get. They gotta get there first, and that's not. I don't see. I just don't see them. I mean, granted, it's way easier said than done. Now uh, yeah, that they're going yeah. up against the Yankees team, because this no Yankees doubt. team got has uh, pitchers for days up in that lineup, that bullpen. So that'll be interesting to see. I personally think the Yankees are going to sweep this series. I, I don't. Agree. I don't see the Guardians ever getting going on offense. It's kind of disappointing to see uh, Jose Ramirez, Andre uh, Jimenez, Rosario, guys like that struggle because they have been great season um, for them. It's just it's been a hell of a season. But you know season. what? They're getting stumped. Ran into a great team. Unfortunately, they just can't and keep up with the runs see. and stuff. It's and tough to see. I don't know. Uh, you never know. You never yeah, know. I mean, maybe never maybe they get it baseball. rolling against. Uh, uh, Nestor Cortez tonight, or yeah, excuse me, Thursday night, because um, that's a, another great pitching match. Yeah, Shane Bieber versus Nestor Cortez. I mean, that doesn't can be necessarily get the strikeouts, game. but I mean, he, he you know rolls a ground the ball out there. Yeah, gets he the gets outs. the outs. So uh, before we move on from baseball, let's we talked about it last week. We had in the World Series. Obviously, the Blue Jays didn't work out. Dodgers are still alive. They're up one zero in their series. Um, are you sticking with the Dodgers? And then who's your new team in the AL? Yeah, so I'm 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 gonna keep keep rolling with the Dodgers here. Uh, the AL, I mean, it's just it'd be so hard not to say the Yankees. Um, I don't think anybody is rooting for the Astros outside of Astros fans. I don't think anybody likes the Astros, but Mariners. I think uh, you know the underdog story for them is uh, probably coming to an end. Guardians. I just don't think they have enough. And then it's between Yankees and Astros and. 
There's no way I'm taking the Astros. I'm so. taking the. I'm probably taking the Astros in that series, and it's only because the Yankees are struggling to hit the ball too. They are. I mean, they're starting. They they got some runs the other day. They were able to pile in four, but I mean, Judge he had three strikeouts last night. He, he's struggling. I mean, I mean, he's right back to where he's been all his career in the playoffs, and that's struggling. Um, he always has a dominant regular season, and then when it comes playoff time. Um, his numbers decline. His numbers decline, and they decline greatly. I mean, I don't believe the lights are too big for him. No, I don't but either. he's just got to get out of his own head. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see what goes on in that series. Um, I'm going to take the Padres in the NL because I'm still riding with them. I love their lineup. I love their pitching core that they That's have. A good pick, yeah. It's a good pick. I, I mean, they got a lot of work to do in this series. But if they can get it done, uh, if they can get it done in this game too, then uh, it'll be a tight one. It'll probably go five. And then I'm going to take the Astros in the AL. I just I don't see the Yankees getting out of their playoff woes slump, and the Astros. I mean, they play their best baseball in October, and we're at that time right now. And you saw in that game yesterday. I mean, they don't give up in any any game. I mean, down seven to three, um, piling in a bunch of runs like that in the last couple innings. It's impressive to see, and and they got the they got the pitching core for it as well. So, no, no, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, so uh, let's move on to some uh, football now, and we're gonna start with our boys. You know, keeping up with the Buckeyes. Um, and as uh, as we do this, let's now bring in another house member, uh, Ben Gabriel. Ben, welcome. What's up? <laughs> nice so, to be back. Yeah, welcome in. So uh, this past weekend, we had Ohio State going up against Michigan State, and they absolutely dominated that game once again, once again covering the spread. They won that game 49-20. to And the only reason that Michigan State was able to get 20 points in that game were because of costly turnovers from the Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, that C.J. Stroud pick six was not even his fault. That was just a miscommunication with the wide receiver and, you know, play call. But, uh, yeah, muff punt, 10-yard line. We should have won that game by 40. But They still covered the spread. That's what you Yeah, we still see. covered. We still covered. Um, they moved us up in the rankings, so we did something right. Yeah, it's about damn time. I mean, yeah. we're waiting on it all yeah, year. We were getting disrespected. We're, we're working our way up slowly and slowly. We're now at two up in the rankings, passing Bama. They put Georgia back at one. But I'm um, talking about the stats in that game. I mean, C.J. Stroud just – just showing out why Beast. he should be the Heisman again and again. 361 yards, six passing touchdowns. He did have the interception, but give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that happens every once in a while. When you dominated the game. It's all right. Um, Travion Henderson uh, with no Mayan Williams this week. He had 118 yards and a touchdown. And uh, RB3, Dallin Hayden, uh, he had 14 carries for 70 yards. So the Buckeyes were showing, uh, were showing in. They were showing out um, from start to finish on both ends of that field. Um, but looking at the remaining uh, of their schedule, they got a bye week this week, and then they got Iowa at Penn State, at Northwestern, home against Indiana, at Maryland, home against the team up north. So it should be smooth sailing from here on out until that Michigan game. Yeah, but, I just, I just, I want to see us be healthy, man. I'm sick yeah. of, I'm sick of That's our starters week being hurt. Yeah, we need it. We need it really bad. So it's weird though, because it's almost as if like we once we have a guy come back, then we have another guy get. Yeah, like Travion comes back, Mayan gets hurt, like. And we've been waiting for JSN, JSN for all hasn't season. Seen the field all year. Um, but like, I don't, I don't even want him back until that game against the team up north because I yeah, mean, I mean, he's a first round draft pick. He doesn't exactly, need to play anyway. Exactly, so. exactly. Looking more into college football, we got Georgia ahead of us. We got Bama right below us, and then we got Clemson, Michigan, Tennessee, USC at seven, Oklahoma State at eight, Ole Miss at nine, and then Penn State rounds out the top ten. We got a bunch of uh, top 25 matchups this weekend. And I want to start with uh, 10 Penn State going into Ann Arbor to play Michigan. That's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, 
me personally, I hate Michigan, but I want to see them win this game because I want an undefeated versus undefeated matchup come uh, that matchup in, in November. That's a tough one for me. I, you know, I hate Michigan. I'd really love to see them lose, but I also want that game to be a undefeated matchup because I just want to I want to break their hearts just like they did us last year. So, uh, yeah, I think I want Michigan to win, but I don't think Michigan's that good, and I think uh, Penn State can actually win this game. I do, well, yeah, of course, I think Penn State can win this game, but are they able to stop Blake Corum? Because he's, he's one of the best running backs in the nation, and if they don't have an answer for him, then I don't see Michigan losing this game at home. I mean, yeah, it's a top ten matchup. It's, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. I mean, I would I think definitely it's recommend be a one tuning in that one. So. But I, I got Michigan winning that game. I think they uh, hold on to their spot. Let's talk about this uh, huge game. My favorite game of the weekend. Um, we got three a- three <laughs> Alabama going to going to Tennessee to face uh, the Volunteers, who's six in the country right now. Both teams are undefeated. Um, a lot is riding on both teams right now as their schedules are difficult throughout the entire season. It's only going to get more and more difficult. This is a chance for Tennessee to prove that they belong as one of these top teams in the country. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Tennessee is a, uh, a hype team, as I was saying last week. I feel like a lot of people buying into this hype um, around Hendon Hooker. I don't think they really have much outside of him. I mean, yeah, th- I mean, Jabari Smalls is a decent running back. They've got decent receivers. Um, but they, you know, sit here and talk about Hendon Hooker all day. But Alabama, Nick Saban has never lost to Tennessee. They, I don't think it's, I think it's going to stay that way. Um, their defense is too fast. Like, they're, I mean, I don't think Tennessee has obviously played a team like Alabama um, or a defense like Alabama. They're too fast all around. Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, um, Jordan Battle, and Brian Branch in that second level. It's just, it's too much, and it's going to be too much for Tennessee. Um, and Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker just seems like a one-man show. Nick Saban is going to have them ready to play with or without Bryce Young. Um, I think Bryce Young Obviously, I think he suits up. Obviously, I, I do too. I think he'll, he'll be there ready to play. But if he does not play and they, and they uh, throw out Jalen Milrow instead, I think Tennessee would be in a better position, um, obviously, to win that game. I just think it's so hard not to pick Alabama. Like I, I hate to be the one to like keep defending Alabama, but – they do. I can't stand them, they, but it's just like I don't. I I am not at all buying into this Tennessee so, hype, and I just I don't see it. Listen, I I agree with you that Bama has a good defense, but I mean they still gave up 20 points to Texas A&M. They gave up 26 points to Arkansas, and Tennessee's not just Hendon Hooker. I mean they they have a good RB duo. Um, excuse me with the uh, with Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. I mean. Obviously, I don't know if it's no Jameer Gibbs on the other side, but being able to have a tandem that can go one-two punch on you, I definitely think that's going to be a bigger factor than I just think Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't work well behind the chains. Like what I mean by that is, if you you know stop them on first down, they get a yard or two on second down. They're not a very good team when it comes to you know third and long. So that's why I just think this Alabama defense is going to get after Hendon Hooker because I, I like I said outside of him, I really I, I just think it's a one-man show at Tennessee. Um, he's kind of putting this team on his back. They're a very well coached team, um, but I just—I mean, I don't—I don't know. I just—I I really think Alabama's going to roll. Tennessee's going to win this football game, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, and here's why: it's in Tennessee, and uh, they're going to want it more. They want this win. They need it. It's been 15 long years <laughs> losing to Nick Saban, and uh, I think Hendon Hooker is going to come out, and he's going to—he's going to put on a show. And he's gonna he's gonna make his case for second in the Heisman race <laughs> behind our boy CJ Stroud. And listen, if Bryce Young doesn't play, 
I don't I, know. I don't think this game's even close. That's a hot take. But see, if Bryce Young doesn't play this game, is a two-score game. I think I think Tennessee is able to win this game outright for sure without Bryce Young. I I agree with you. I don't think Bama has a chance if they don't have their quarterback. I mean, they still got a t- they still got a great team. They still got a lot of guys around Jalen Milrow, but he's not Bryce Young. He's not. No. As that, much, no, as, much as you want to say these top prospects are all great at football, I mean, he's not Bryce Young. Yeah. Bryce Young's going to be. I think he's a future NFL quarterback, and he's a future. 100%. He's a future of a franchise somewhere, but. Nah, I, this Tennessee team—they're no—they're no joke. I—I I need to—I need to have Dylan not. I, he needs to finally realize that. Hennon Hooker—he as much as he can sling the football, he's fast and he can run the football. He can evade pressure. He can expand plays and he can take off and run the football and design plays. I don't think I ever said they were a bad team. I think they're—I think they're. Yeah, really but you good think they're—you think they're overrated. I think they're. Yeah, I do. So I what do you—what do you consider overrated? What do you think they should be? They're a top five. I, I believe. Right I believe they are a top five team in the nation. I think they're better than Michigan. I think they're better than Clemson. And if they find a way to beat Bama this weekend, then they're a top three team in the nation with us in Georgia. I just don't see them beating Alabama or Georgia. And I think after this game, the hype's going to go way down. They'll fall way down. I mean, not way down. Obviously, they're playing Alabama, but they'll fall in the rankings. Um, they got a easy win next or week after and then they play Georgia so it's just like I don't I really don't see them beating those two those two powerhouse teams in the SEC Tennessee's a SEC East team Alabama's a SEC West team so I mean these two teams could end up playing each other in the SEC championship again yeah. it's so hard not to say I mean Nick Saban has never lost to the to this team and it's not like this is the first good team Tennessee has ever had against Alabama so um, yeah it's going to be a hard tough game to win for Alabama it's going to be a crazy environment, no doubt, but Nick so, Saban, is, they're going to be ready. And, and Tennessee, like I've been saying, they are a one-man show with Hendon Hooker. And Alabama, I mean, even if they're, you don't think, you know, Alabama is this with, with Bryce Young or, or, or Bat or – I mean, Alabama is 100% not the dominant team that they usually are in recent years. You don't think That's so? That's for sure. No, they are not. They're not. Not the dominant team? No, they're not. Why do you say that? Because they're not. Because they're not beating people at 56 to 10? Yes. 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 yes that is why. They're still a dominant. Still Bama. What are I you mean, talking about? I mean, of course. Here? Of course. They are one of the best teams in the nation. But, I mean, granted, you didn't have Bryce Young, but you still so were because, in a tough game. Because they they're not beating that. people. Whoa, they should have lost last week to Texas. Because A&M. they're not blowing people out 56 to 10. They should have lost to Texas, too. But they didn't. Okay, but they didn't. A lot of teams should have lost you gotta, a lot of games. You got to admit, they look a little more suspect than they normally do in the recent years. Like they, t- how they are you dominate act like, from start to finish. But we can't always. just act like we can't act like Tennessee's or they should have lost to Quinn. They should have lost to Quinn Ewers when they played them. If Quinn Ewers never got hurt, they would have lost that game. I believe Texas is a top eight team in the nation too. With a healthy Quinn Ewers, I mean they no, lost those those no, two losses. No. With those two no, losses, stop. they lost without Quinn Ewers. Stop. You add Quinn Ewers that's to that crazy. lineup, and they are stop they right are. Now. That's crazy. It's top six. You don't believe in the mullet? You don't believe in the I'm hype? Not Texas. He's no joke, bro. I hate that he. I hate that he left his, our squad because he pretty much used us for the NIL. But but that guy's no joke. I, I I love Quinn Ewers. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's probably a top five quarterback in the nation when he's healthy. Texas being top eight's a stretch though, because I still I still think their defense sucks, and I I still don't think that Quinn has the the right weapons around him. He doesn't have good enough players around him for them to be a top eight. Who's, team. who's better, uh, Texas with Quinn Ewers or Penn State? Penn State. Really? Yeah. I, I I'm gonna disagree with you. On I that don't. One. I just. But, 
I don't uh I don't believe in Texas. I never have. That's fine. That's fine. Listen, I, mean, I, I believe see, and in, that's the, that's the exact reason I why in, I hate this fourteen playoff, and I can't wait for it to expand yeah. because they have those losses on their record now. And even if they ran the table the rest of the season with them, they're still they don't have a chance. Their season's over. Yeah, no. He's I mean, playing for stats right now. They're not even in the top twenty right now, or am I? They are not. Who have they lost to? Alabama. Do they have another loss? Uh, yes, they do. They lost to Texas Tech. That's a that's a bad they lost loss. Texas Tech on the road, thirty-seven to thirty-four. But I mean, I mean, the fact that they were able to still put up thirty-four thirty-four points without Quinn Ewers is impressive. But yeah, I agree. Their defense is a little suspect. But I mean, in that primetime game, they only gave up twenty points to Bama. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. They have like they've shown that they can compete in matchups like that against those yeah. top teams. But let, I want to expand a little bit on this Bama Tennessee game before we get out of college football. So let's just say. This is just, you know, just making up, not assumptions, but, you know. Let's just say Tennessee won this game this weekend. And let's say they ran the table. Let's say they went undefeated and they beat Georgia. That was, and Georgia's sole loss is Tennessee. Alabama's sole loss is to, to Tennessee. Tennessee. And then, so that would mean, that would mean Bama still makes the SEC championship. And that would mean Tennessee makes the SEC championship. And let's see, let's say Tennessee is undefeated in that matchup. And then Bama goes and beats them and gets a revenge on them. Who do they put in the playoffs? They're both in the playoffs. If no. Tennessee beats Alabama and Georgia and loses let's one say, game, let's in the say let's say Clemson runs a table, goes undefeated. Ohio State runs a table, goes undefeated. That knocks out Michigan. So you got you got a one loss Bama, a one loss Georgia, a one loss Tennessee, all with an undefeated Ohio State and Clemson, and then possibly other teams down the list. But that's an interesting question that I was that talking about last night. It'll be interesting because if um, if Alabama loses on Saturday without Bryce Young and then he comes back and, you know, they beat Tennessee in the SEC championship, I think they leave Tennessee out just because. So let's say, so are you saying would they put Georgia in or would no, they? Because no. if you got Bama in, Ohio State in, what are they if you're not, if you're not, in, if you're you still not need in a 14. I don't think if you're like, I don't, I don't think don't if believe- one of those teams is not in the SEC championship, they're not getting in. Just like I understand Georgia would have one loss to Tennessee, like a team in the SEC championship. But if you're not in the SEC championship, I don't think you're going to have a chance of getting in this year. So let's say let's say Tennessee does run the table and uh, Georgia gets their one loss to Tennessee. They don't make the SEC championship and you got either a one loss Georgia or an undefeated USC who runs the table and beats Utah, beats UCLA down the road. Who do you put in the playoffs over that? I think that. I feel like they'd give. I honestly feel like they'd give the edge. But you gotta. They base it off so many different factors, like strength of schedule, like SP plus. Like, there's so many different factors that they factor in for these teams to make the playoffs. And I'm curious what you think, though. If you got a one loss Bama, a one loss Georgia, a one loss Tennessee, all with an undefeated Ohio State, Clemson, and USC, who are the four teams that make that playoffs? Who won the SEC championship? Whoever wins the SEC championship is in, no matter what. Yeah. But I'm saying, let's say Tennessee runs the table, gives Bama a loss, and gives Georgia a loss in the regular season. That means Georgia doesn't make the SEC championship. And let's just say Bama gets the revenge. If Georgia loses a game, they're they're out. They're out. You think? Yeah. If they lose a game, because they're in the bad division of the SEC. Like, I get that Kentucky and Tennessee are in there, and they're in the top. Kentucky dropped out, but uh, Tennessee's in the top six right now, but... I don't know. I don't think you can lose a game in that division. It'd, it'd be like a, it'd be like Wisconsin, like 
having a chance to go undefeated and losing in the Big Ten. So let's say this. Like, Let, let's say this. Let's say let's say Tennessee loses this weekend. Bryce Young plays. Bama beats Tennessee on the road. And then after Tennessee's cakewalk the week after that, let's say they beat Georgia. So if they beat Georgia and they still get in the SEC championship with that one loss, what about then? What do you think, Dill? So we have uh, Alabama winning the SEC championship, right? Yep. Um, so you said Ohio State, Alabama. No, well, so I, I think I think if Tennessee has one loss going into that SEC championship and then they lose again, I don't think they make the playoffs. I just think two losses is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if one of those three, if Georgia, Bama, or Tennessee, if one of those two teams gets two losses, they're automatically out. For sure. Um, but, like, if Georgia has one loss and they don't make the SEC championship because their they one loss no, no, no. is Tennessee. Yeah, I don't think they get in. I don't think they get in. And I you think, think they put in USC that, over them? Yeah. Clemson? I think uh, the I mean, the fact that they didn't make the, the conference championship, they got the one loss to probably Whoever be Tennessee, be. right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they play in the, the same, that same SEC division. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see them easily leaving, leaving Georgia out, especially since, I mean, we have that scenario where they didn't make the SEC championship. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm big believer in USC. I mean, I've been saying that. I think they're better than Clemson. I think they're better than Michigan. I think they're better than Tennessee. So I would even have them at four right now. But um, I would see them getting in over the one-loss Georgia. Bama, I think they put them in with one loss no matter what. Um, I don't think they can not have Alabama not be in the playoffs. So um, I just think Tennessee is out of those, you know, three teams, I think they have the the lowest chance of getting in because I think they're going to lose both of those games, both of those teams. We will they, have a, they have a huge opportunity in front of them this season to try and make a big statement to the whole world with Bama this weekend, with Georgia in a couple of weeks. And if they're able to run the table and they still and then they end up losing to Bama in the SEC championship, I believe they should still put them in. If they're able to win with a schedule like that all year long and then they just lose the second matchup the second time around against Bama and Saban, I mean, come on. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, especially if you go one and one with them. But how how crazy is it that we're talking about Tennessee like this? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> this it's impressive. Crazy. Hey, that's what happens when you get when you uh bring in a transfer recruit in yeah. the name of Hendon Hooker. I mean, yeah. he's no joke. Um some other key games that you guys need to watch out for this weekend, 15 NC State. They're traveling to Syracuse uh, to take on uh 18th ranked Qs. Uh, you got your boys seven yeah, USC. No, uh, I was gonna they're say tra- they're traveling to Utah in a big matchup. I would this week. be uh, if I was a USC fan, I'd be a little worried because uh, Utah plays well at home. There are only two losses this year on the road to Florida, and uh, they just lost last week to UCLA. That division is a little weird. What uh, Pac-12? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you look at it, you don't really have a uh, outside of USC like a clear team that maybe. I mean, you got USC. For it. UCLA is no joke. UCLA, yeah. I they, mean, they got a big win. And over they uh, Utah they, this they past match week. up. USC and they UCLA do. Match so you up got those two teams. You got Utah, and then. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Oregon, but they're no, a ranked I'm not team. Either. Yeah. Um, but um, the last couple games that I want you guys to check out this weekend, uh, 16 Mississippi State is traveling to Kentucky uh, to face those Wildcats, and then uh, Oklahoma State, eighth in the country, they're traveling to TCU to take on Texas Christian, and they're 13th in the country. So we're gonna find a whole lot more about these top teams in the nation this weekend, and it should be fun. I mean, the rankings are definitely gonna get shaken up after these matchups, but. Before we go, I I got Tennessee winning this. I, they they get it done. Yeah, I mean, they gonna get it done. They're they got it, get they it got done. the squad to get it done. They've been waiting to get this matchup done for 15 years, like Ben said. This is the time. The time is now, and you got to take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, no, big opportunity. Um, they can easily beat Bama. You don't get many opportunities like this to beat Bama. Um, I'm gonna take Bama. I hate doing it. I hate being the one to pick Bama, and but uh, I just I just think they're gonna get it done. I think there's a lot of hype that's 
not really there for Tennessee, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah. 3.30 on Saturday. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on to the pros. All right. So the first topic of discussion that I want to get into with the NFL today is that uh, Matt Rule, he's gone out of Carolina. And it was probably deserved. I mean, he's been there. He's been there. He was not doing a good job. He's been there for two and a half seasons, and they just haven't really been finding any ways to get it done. Outside of Matt Rule, I mean, there's a lot of suspect coaches and teams um, in the league right now. And are there any other coaches that you think should be on the hot seat right now? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor? That's your boy. Yeah, he fucking sucks. Okay, hang on. I need a little uh, explanation on why you're saying Zach Taylor should be on the hot seat. I mean, granted, the Bengals are 2-3 and three now. We have arguably, offensively, I'm still going to put the Chiefs. and uh, Not the Chiefs, actually. I'm going to put the Bills ahead of us, roster-wise, offensively. But the Bengals have the second-best offensive roster in the league, and he cannot figure out how to score points. Why, why aren't we scoring more than 25 points a game? We should easily be scoring 25 <laughs> points a game. We have two top 12 wide receivers. We have a top 10 running back. He's just he's, – he doesn't know how it's to call plays. He can, no, it's not. It's not the O-line. Joe Burrow got sacked like twice, I agree. Like, I agree that Jamar, I agree that Jamar Chase is struggling to get going this season, but are you putting it's it – It's not him. You're putting it all on Zach Taylor? Yes, I actually am. We have the, one of the youngest teams in the NFL. One of the youngest teams in the NFL it has to be all on the coach. You can't blame it on the players. If we had like Tom Brady as our quarterback or Patrick Mahomes, but we have a – Joe Burrow's a good football yeah, player. No, so I don't I'm really not, get where I'm you're. Not, get, I don't I'm really not, get where you're going to. I'm saying we don't have we don't have veterans. We don't have like Joe Burrow's obviously a leader, but like we don't have a ton of guys with a lot of NFL experience on the offense, and we need our coach to call plays that set us up for success and winning football games. And our defense isn't the problem. We held the Baltimore Ravens to 19 points, and we could only put up 17 points because our play calling sucked. That fourth and goal play, and we do a shovel pass. Yeah. Incomplete, yeah. like that—that that was the worst play I've ever seen. Yes, I don't think I don't think he's on the hot seat. I mean, they like the Bengals. Like, are they a great team? No, not right now. They're not a great team. They have a, maybe a great offense on paper. You go through it. Obviously, they do. But you're talking about the play calling. I think the play calling is is you know the problem with that is they're calling plays that would relay that they don't have a good offensive line. They're trying to run these. Quick uh, out routes, quick plays, and the reason the Bengals were, I think, so good last year is because they were able to hit these, hit, hit these deep plays down the field and really kind of open it up. See, but that's um, a weird thing because now I just don't. I think they teams, don't really, they don't really have a big change in their offensive line. I this think season, and, it, and like they, they did, they did they upgrade have some it, upgrades, but, it's, but it's what not, is it really it's doing? It's not working. For them. Yeah, it's, it's not, not working. working. Um, I just think they're calling plays too scared because they know they don't. That Joe Burrow has no time to throw the ball. It's it's almost like what the uh, what teams were doing with Patrick Mahomes last year, how they were making him dump it off and not just chuck it downfield to Tyree Kill like yeah. Joe Burrow was doing with Jamar Chase. Um, so they got to figure out how to not dink and dunk, but they got to figure out how to not just win off these big plays because that's what I feel like they were doing a lot last season. Yeah, no, I agree, but I just I think that when you look at the routes these guys are running, so every every team right now is running two high safeties. So we can't run any big plays. We, we're not going deep because there's two guys back there waiting for it. We've, that's what teams are doing. And it's working. It's obviously working. They're making Joe Burrow try to methodically move the ball down the field. And I, Joe Burrow is definitely capable, but the plays that we are running for that to happen are not working. Even our run plays are just straight yes, into the back of the nothing. offensive line. They they're not nothing. creative at all. Like There's nothing creative. There's nothing that's trying to make the defense confused. And 
It's just it's I it's think, obvious. It's I obvious. Think, We're way too predictable on I, offense right now, and we shouldn't be because we have the second best offensive roster in the I league. I think the Bengals need to try and forget what they're always trying to do week in and week out, and they need to start just taking what the defense is giving them yeah. because they're getting something each and every week to, uh, depending on what the game plan is. But I feel like they're trying to force too much of what they want out of their offense more than what they should. It's sh- not there. They can't it's be forcing like, it. They can't be forcing yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's very similar to the Packers situation right now, I think. I think you look I at agree. the Packers offense, they're trying to, to run plays that is not there for them. They're still trying to run these plays with, with you know, the thinking of they have great receivers on the outside, and that's not the case. And what they need to do is run the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're very capable to do that. They're kind of in that same position. They're running plays for an offense that doesn't have the, the, the skill players necessary to run those plays. So. Yeah. To throw out, I'm going to throw out some names to you guys, and I want to see if you guys think they should be on the hot seat. And a big name that I personally think is Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, I think a big name that's not. I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking at this list. Okay. Brandon Staley for the for the Los Chargers? Angeles Chargers. Really should be on. Should like I'm not. He's obviously he. The fact that they go that they went for it on fourth and two. I understand you're trying to play the analytics and play. You know they've got this great quarterback. Don't take the ball out of his hands kind of thing but that that was one of the worst calls I think I've ever seen like happen live like the fact they went for it fourth and two they're on Cleveland side of the field there's a minute left and the Browns only had to go three more yards to get in the the necessary distance for Cade York to make that field goal um, but, but he ended up missing so they you know prevailed and escaped but that's that's a joke that they went for it on fourth and two I don't know. He's made made decisions like this in the past, all last season, so it's no surprise. And he just puts his team in bad positions. Like he continually puts his team in bad positions, and they have a great team. So it kind of just you know diminishes what they're doing um, on the field when the coach isn't even giving them a real chance to win at times. It seems. What do you think, Ben? You think you think Staley needs to be on this hot seat? I think the Chargers are in a s- similar position to the Bengals, actually. Okay. Where they, they have a ton of weapons with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Will. They have a lot of guys. Mike Willen, or excuse me, Keenan Allen's been in and out this season yeah. with some lingering injuries. And but going into the year, people were talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and they, I believe they still are. I, I think they can turn it around. Right now, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're teaming well, no. like they're playing well enough. But I think they have the capability. Just yeah, like 100%. I think the Bengals have the capability. Yeah, both just the teams like have the roster. The Ravens they, have the capability. Yeah, but they just. But neither of the teams are utilizing their guys right. I don't. I don't know. If I were a Chargers fan, I'd probably be saying it. But they, you know, they still came out with a win. They still came out with a win. So they put thirty on the board. You can't really be upset about that. But I, just need, I get what I get. What you guys are saying. Staley and the Chargers. They just got to figure out that defense because I don't yeah. think that offense has any problems. I really don't mind at all risking going forward on fourth downs and occasions like that. Like obviously he didn't get it, and it ended up he ended up surviving and it worked out in his favor. But you know with the lethal offense like that like I get it like being risky going forward on fourth down all the time like you see teams all around the I, league this season going forward on uh, fourth down constantly on their own 30 35 40 yard line and just because it's in the first quarter like not a lot of people recognize it or remember it but I I, I mean I'm, I think I think more of the problem on the Chargers side is their defense and if they can't figure that out because they have way too many weapons on that side of the football to not have not just a good but a great defense. They should have one of the best defenses in the league. And yet they have the 30th best defense in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's unreal. But, uh, yeah, I – I wouldn't put them on the hot seat just yet. Though. Yeah, I'm not – I don't they think got he's a lot on the hot of time seat to go. just yet, but 
we're talking about some coaches with some great teams that are just, you know, they're getting off to a slow start in the season. But they the, there's a whole three quarters left of the season to go. I can't put a coach like that on the hot seat. He that fourth down decision to go for it was really bad though because I get I get it if you have a lot of faith in your defense Probably and your defense is and because your the, defense is playing great and you got a lot of trust in them. But the Chargers defense, like you just said, is the thirtieth ranked defense in the NFL and there's no reason they should be going for it. There's no reason. Yeah, I mean I mean when the Browns are struggling all game on offense like they were that time um, they weren't getting a whole lot of yards in the second half. I get it, probably punting the way and it being safe. But, I mean, you never know. You never know. And with a tough defense like that, I mean, even punting it doesn't guarantee nothing. But um, I want to go back to Nathaniel Hackett. The Broncos have been struggling this season. Russell, Russell Wilson has been struggling mightily this season. Um, should he be on the hot seat, yes or no? I don't I mean, I didn't think he was a good hire to begin with. Like, Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere. He came from – Packers, you know, system, whatever, but he's not the one really calling the plays over there. Um, I mean, it's just Russ looks terrible. I think it's a collective thing. Um, I, I do actually expect him to be fired after the season because I don't think the Broncos will will live up to what they were kind of expecting um, to do this season. I think another one we have on this list that's interesting, uh, Frank Reich. I don't think yeah, – I think he's sure. very, very limited in what he can do, and what I mean by that is the, uh, the quarterback is not very good. And he, you know, he can only do so much. They continually bring in these these quarterbacks on these one year deals makes no sense. They traded Carson Wentz and downgraded at Matt Ryan. Um, they have never, you know, the Colts have never really rebounded since Andrew Luck, and that's not really a surprise. I mean, he was a franchise quarterback. He was doing everything for him. Took him to AFC Championships, and I mean, yeah, they haven't really rebounded. But Frank Wright, I think he's a good coach. You know, he uh, they fell short last year. Obviously, I don't see him doing much this season because of. Uh, who's playing quarterback? But um, I think I think he's he's just fine. I think Dan Campbell's on this list too. I don't. I think he'll be just fine too. I think Detroit I think will be loves Dan Campbell. They yeah. completely embrace what he's trying to do there. Um, but yeah, I think Nathaniel Hackett out of out of these guys, Ron Rivera as well as. I mean, I think those are the two like that jump off at you right right when you look at it. And I mean, I just didn't think Nathaniel Hackett was a good hire from the start. Ron Rivera throwing Carson Wentz under the bus like that is not cool, especially from a head coach yeah, seriously. when he is not really the underlining problem for Washington right now. Um, so I expect him to be fired and as well as Nathaniel Hackett. So. I agree. I agree. I think Nathaniel Hackett should be fired. I think Ron Rivera should be fired. I think his ego's just gotten way too much out of his ass. That was that was ridiculous. Um, I mean, granted, Carson Wentz, he's turning over the ball a good chunk, but so are all these other top players in yeah, the league. A lot I mean, of quarterbacks Lamar's a got lot five picks. Matt Ryan's, I mean, he's not very Joe good. Joe Burrow has five or six. He's got a bunch of picks. Uh, Matthew Stafford has a bunch of picks. Um, even Pat Mahomes has a few, I believe. Yeah. But um, I, I, Herbert, I think, I think Frank Wright needs to be fired. I, I really do. I mean, there's they struggle on both ends of the football. They got that big win against the Chiefs, but take that out of the equation, they're just. They're not a good football team. No, they're not. And where's Jonathan Taylor this year? I mean, he's still getting a boatload of carries, and he's not able to get the same type of rushing yards that he has been in the past. I mean, you look at this, 31 carries. He had a bad game with nine carries against Jacksonville, and then he had 21 carries and 20 carries. Yet in those last two games, only 110 yards combined in those two games with Jonathan Taylor. And people think he's the best running back in the NFL right now. Like, they need to find a way to get him – not more involved, but more pro- productive volume with his touches. I think that right the, uh, now it's slim to numb. Yeah, I, I think the uh, I think the Colts on offense are 
they can't just feed him the ball because teams know that Matt Ryan is old. He's not good anymore. They know he can't throw teams the ball. Teams are forcing Matt Ryan they're to beat th- him. They're he's forced, struggling yeah, to do it right now. They're forcing him to throw the ball, and he can't do it. They don't want Jonathan Taylor running because they know he's the best in the league. Yeah. So it's uh it's an unfortunate situation for JT, but yeah, we'll we'll see how I think I think we'll see right. how that situation works out. But so we got Hackett, we think he should go. Rivera, we think he should go. Frank Wright, do you think he should go? I, don't, I, th- I think they give him another chance. I I think he should go if it keeps going how it's going uh, these this next month or so. Uh, Lovey Smith uh, down in Houston, uh, they got an interesting squad. No one really expected a whole lot from them. Do you think he should be on the hot seat, or is it just I mean, I another just think, tank again, here for the Texans? Yeah, I, I think it's just a tank here. I think it's an unfortunate situation Like for some of these coaches that come into these jobs, and, and they really have nothing, and then you know the teams, you know they finish last, and they win four games, and they got a high draft pick, and and uh, you know all the blame goes on the head coach, and they fire the head coach, and then they're doing the whole whole thing again. I just Houston is a uh, – they've been a disaster, I mean, really ever since DeAndre Hopkins got traded. Um Never really rebounded from that. Like I said, Lovey Smith got thrown into a dumpster fire down in Houston. <laughs> They've been a mess. They have nothing going for them. We can sit here and act like Davis Mills is, you know, he's a decent he's quarterback. He won't be if their, that, I don't think he'll be their quarterback. He's not the year. answer whatsoever. I just think it's tough to have these coaches on the hot seat because, or the, you know, to be fired next season. It's It's unfair to them, but it also is a business, and that's how it works. But it's just unfortunate that's how – some of these coaches and situations that they come into. All right. So before we get into these key uh, week six NFL matchups, uh, another question I want to just ask you guys, very common question and one that is fairly easy, but it's fairly difficult. Who are the top five teams in the NFL right now as we speak? The Bills are the best team in the NFL. Okay. The Chiefs are the second best team in the NFL. Okay. (sighs) Get stuff after that, but I think it's going to be the Eagles are third. It's shocking that I'm going to say this, but I really think that the Cowboys, when they get Dak back, are going to be outstanding with that defense, with a guy that can throw 350, 400 yards a game if he really wanted to. Because we finally saw Cooper Rush have a bad game. They still won. Yeah. But can you imagine if they had Dak, man? And then uh, for number five, I think... I'm going to have to say, I think I'm going to have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. And I know and I know that's bold, but. It's not that bold. It's not that bold. It's not that bold. But? But they are three and two. They don't have the record to show that they're a top five team, but they've only trailed like a total of 10 minutes in their first five games and. They lost two of them. Less be- than that. Yeah, less Those than that. Those first – before that, before the matchup against the Bengals this past weekend, they, they trailed, trailed for a total of 14 seconds in those yeah. two game in those four games. So that's, and they were still 2-2 two and two going into that matchup. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly why I think they're up there because I think Lamar is arguably a top three, four quarterback in the league right now, the way he's playing. Um, their defense is playing well. They finally won a game at home. <laughs> yeah. So – and I think that they're easily the best team in the AFC North right now, and that's a tough division to be the best in. That's why I'm picking them at number five. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give out my top five real quick. All right. And my top five goes it goes Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Dallas, and it's tough to leave the Ravens out of that because they have an 
incredible squad. But I just feel like they're too all over the place, and they don't really have a whole lot of weapons outside of Lamar Jackson on the offensive end. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, he's a good running back. Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews. I mean, they're solid guys. But when they're giving up an insane amount of points to all these teams, I mean, you you lost to the Dolphins because you gave up 42 points to them. I mean, you lost to the Bills because you gave up 23 points to them. I mean, they still gave up 26 points to the New England Patriots. Granted, their defense looked fantastic on Sunday night this past week, but I just think, I don't think that's something that's going to keep um, going on for this season. And I put the bank, or excuse me, I put the Cowboys in front of them because they have that steady offense. They have those weapons to get the points you need as well as one of the top, if not the best defense in the league right now. So I think having a defense like that is so huge for all these teams. And when I go down the list, all those teams have top defenses outside of Kansas City. And they're still a solid defense. They've always had a solid top-tier defense that is able to keep them in matchups, which is the reason why they're always the best team in the NFL. But And then I got the Buccaneers at four because they also have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And then they also have Tom Brady on the other side with a all-star team of weapons. So granted, they've been struggling. They've been looking a little inconsistent to start this season, but it's still the Buccaneers. It's still Brady. I'm putting them at four. At three, I put Philadelphia because they're just – I think they're all around – I think they're all around the second best team in the NFL, but I put them at three because Kansas City, I mean, that offense, it's just, even without Tyreek Hill, it's unbelievable. But the Eagles have probably the second, if not, I'd give them like the second best defense in the NFL right now. And then their offense is just lights out. They know how to score points. Nick Sirianni knows how to put Jalen Hurts in the right spots. I'm going to say it week in and week out. They do a fantastic job with it. And Jalen Hurts thrives under it every single week. And you can also tell that these guys are just playing with a lot of – they're playing humble. And they're playing with a lot to prove. They they're not a, they don't care about their record right now. They don't care about that 5-0. and All they care about is just getting better each and every week so they can compete come playoff time against Brady and the rest of those foes in the NFC. Yeah, I actually fully expect to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl this year. Really? I really do. I think yeah. that, uh, you know, I, they have the defense. I think their offense is probably the best in the league. And the way that if they can keep this going and they can keep getting better as the season goes on, they're going to be the scariest team in the NFL. Yeah. So I got I got my two and one. Chiefs at two. Bills at one. Uh, Dill, quickly, I want to hear what you got in your. Yeah, top I'll go. Five. I'll go pretty quick here. Uh, top three. I mean, it pretty be pretty much be the exact same for me. I got Bills. Bills at one. Obviously, the best team. I got Chiefs at two. I think like I was going through is it's pretty hard not to put the Eagles at two. The only reason I'm putting the Chiefs at two is obviously Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I got Eagles at three. I agree. Bucks are four. I think they're going to, you know, once they finally get these receivers healthy, get everybody back, they're going to be just fine. They're going to win that division, the fourth best team in the league. And then, uh, we all kind of had a different fifth team here. I got the chargers, the fifth best team. I think their, their defense is bad, but I also think that they're very banged up. Um, JC Jackson, who they paid the bag to, uh, in the off season is is banged up and so is Bosa now. Bosa is banged up. They're trying to you know make Khalil Mack that guy right on on the defense and um, look. I mean they've allowed 136 points allowed, but I just think that offense Ooh. is too good. Brandon Staley makes very questionable calls like I was talking about, but um, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, they're gonna be fine. I mean fifth best team. I don't think there's an offense you know outside of those five. I mean those those are probably the five best offenses. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Chargers I defense is a mess. I think that's why a lot of people are hesitant to maybe 
say that they're a great team or even a good team um, or a top team, but I think they're going to turn the defense around. They're going to figure it out. People are going to start to get healthy, come back, and, and they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, we got a lot of ways to go in this NFL season. Um, this is just the beginning for all these teams, and uh, all these teams will begin to spread out as the season goes on. But uh, uh, the first matchup that I want to get into uh, as we talk about these key games, and it's the one and two team and our all of our power rankings. It's the four and one Bills traveling to Kansas City to take on Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if you guys saw the stat, but this is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' professional career that he is a home dog. And I think there's a trap game for Buffalo. As much as I love that team and as much as I love that defense, Kansas City's coming out with an edge. They see, they see exactly what everyone else sees. They see that they're an underdog. And granted, Buffalo, they want, they want that revenge on Kansas City. but They're going to pull it out, Bills are. Bills are going to win the you game. You think the Bills think win that game? Because all the uh, – I mean, they've lost, what, Two straight years now in, in the playoffs to the yeah, Chiefs on the have. road. They're going back to Kansas City. This is the best we've by far seen Josh Allen. He's balling. He's the MVP. Stephon Diggs looks, you know, maybe better than he has in his whole career as well. They are the best team in football, and I don't really think it's close. I think the Chiefs just will get overmatched. I just don't, you know, I think this is like one of those games, like right here, is where we'll see the loss of Tyreek Hill be such a significant um, for him. I don't think we've really had a chance to see that because because of how great Patrick Mahomes is um, but the Bills defense is is I mean all, all world they've got probably the best defense in the league they've got the best quarterback in the league they're going to beat the Chiefs I mean both at four and one here on the road obviously in a tough environment it's going to be crazy but Josh Allen's balling I don't I don't see him losing well, I mean, whoever you got in this game I am not upset about I mean these are the two best teams in the NFL and this is going to be the best if not the best game in all of football this entire season. I mean, this is a divisional round rematch, one that the Bills have been waiting for all offseason. And, I mean, it should be an entertaining one. I mean, right? No way, no way the Bills blow this one out of the water. I'm going to agree with Dylan and say that the Bills are going to win this game. And I think it's because the Bills' defense is going to do a better job at stopping Patrick Mahomes than the Chiefs' defense will with stopping Josh Allen. Because I don't, I don't think the Chiefs' defense is going to stop Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's going to have a day. And the Bills could score, you know, 35, 42 points even. I think that – so the spread in this game is three. Chiefs are a three-point dog, and the over-under is a 54. Yeah. I think the over is an – I think over is an, an automatic. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, could see I agree. This, I could see this game finishing 41 to 38, and it's yeah. not even like a sweat. It could be like one of those, like – Rams Chiefs games out as we well, saw in a couple of years while ago. I ag- while I agree that losing Tyree Kill, like I think it'll be a big factor in this matchup and it'll definitely lay over by the end of this game. But that Pat Mahomes to Travis Kelsey connection right now is just unmatched. Four no touchdowns one's, last no one's, week. Four touchdowns. That's his, crazy. his longest catch was eight yards and he still had four touchdowns. I mean, if that's not if that team did not know where the football was going, I mean, then that's ridiculous. I mean, everyone yeah. knew where the football was going. <laughs> Travis Kelsey was getting the ball on the goal line every single time, and yet he was always open. I mean, he had four touchdowns to show for it. So I like the over in this game. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game, just keep it interesting with you guys. Um, I think the smart bet is the Chiefs plus three because um, I, think, I think it's a field goal game no matter what. Um, another key game that I'm really excited about – um, it's the Cowboys. It's Cooper Rush and the Cowboys going up against the only undefeated team in the NFL, in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles That's open Sunday night, right? 
That is Sunday night. That's going to be a war. That game opened up as That's a... That's going to be a war. They Eagles, hate each other. Yeah, they do. That's a big division game. Um, but that game opened up as a six-point spread. The Eagles are the favorites. And it's a little interesting to me because that Cowboys defense is really lethal. But that's when I'm looking better every week. They are. But when I'm looking at that spread, it's showing that I think they think the Eagles' offense is just too dominant that they'll be able to expand that game out and be able to get the win. Cooper Rush just keeps keeps surprising me, man. Every every single week, it's just, it's different. I mean, I keep expecting like, like Cowboys to maybe fall off a little bit on offense. And I'm not saying like they're blowing people away because they're not. But it's just again, it's like we're we keep waiting for like Cooper Rush to maybe have a bad game and somebody get him. But he's playing great football. You can't can't act like he's not. Like I said, the defense is getting better every single week on the road versus one of the best teams in the league. I don't think uh, I don't think they get it done, unfortunately for him. But I mean, they're just they trying, you know, trying to get this offense, you know, to look good enough for when Dak comes back that they're not just relying on that defense to go win them games and. Um, you never know. Like I said, every week, man, it seems like Cooper Rush just continues to surprise people. He continues to, you know, change the narrative about him. And um, I'm yeah, ba- we'll see. I'm very interested to see what they do with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott because I didn't think any of us would ever think that. But Cooper Rush is making a statement to be a starting quarterback in this league. And, I mean, he's carrying this team to a 4-1 and record. He's 5-0 and uh, career as a starter. And, I mean, that offense is flowing, and it's flowing well with Cooper Rush in there. So I'm very curious to see if any controversy gets called once Dak Prescott comes back because I know he's wanting to play this weekend. So if he's healthy and he's, he's active and ready to go, I'm curious to see what they do with that. But in this game, before you say what you got to say, I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles in this game while I think it's going to be a tight one. Is the biggest test of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. I just think they have the roster to do it. They have that top defense to do it. And at the end of the day, I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Cooper Rush. I'm not, I'm not upset with that pick, but uh, I'm actually taking America's football team. <laughs> America's football team this Sunday night. Uh, I think I need that, to hear why. I think that – I think that – now, this is obvious looking at their schedule. They've beat the Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jaguars, and Cardinals. Yep. This is the first elite defense they've played all year, and I think they're going to throw things at Jalen Hurts to make try to make him uncomfortable because he's been fantastic all year. And I think they're going to succeed. I think, uh, I think you're going to see Micah Parsons with a couple sacks. I think you might even see an interception. I think the game is going to be lower scoring than people think because yeah. these these defenses are probably the two best defenses in the league right now. I don't know. It's going to be a good one, but I'm taking the boys, and if they don't win, ladies and gentlemen, your lock of the week is the boys at plus six. <laughs> All right, I like that pick. It'll be a good game without a doubt. Do what you think. Yeah, I mean, just basically same same thing you guys were saying. It's just, you know, Eagles are a great team. Cowboys coming in and – Cooper Rush, Eagles got a great defense. I expect it, like Ben said, to be a low-scoring game here. Um, I also expect the, the Cowboys' defense to to cause some pressure on Jalen Hurts because it is the best defense that he's seen. And Cowboys, like I said, they're try they they are relying a lot on their defense. Um, I would like to see maybe a little more from their offense here um, as Dak's coming back, you know. But I, I I agree. I think the Eagles will get it done. So before we end this podcast today, we have to get into basketball. We have to. The NBA season is six, once this podcast gets posted, five days away. And there's another crazy season on deck, but 
I want to go to this Eastern Conference. This Eastern Conference is something that we have never seen before. And I believe there's at least eight, if not nine teams in this conference that are good enough to not just make a playoff, but win a playoff series in normal seasons. But in this season, when you go down that list, that conference is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it is. And I feel like this is a, you know, maybe not the first time it's like this, but I feel like a first time in a while that the Eastern Conference is – you know, maybe a little better than the West. The East, they've got, you know, the Nets and the Bucks and the Celtics and the Sixers, but they've got, you know, Cleveland, solid Atlanta, teams. And they've got, yeah, I mean, they've got these Miami and Cleveland and Atlanta, just these solid, like, second-tier teams that can make a run in the playoffs if they get going. Cavs are a, a real interesting team. They went out and made a huge move, go get Donovan Mitchell. Um, you love to see it, right? I mean, they tra- traded uh, a lot of the future to go go try and win now. And I think the Sixers are, uh, you know, a great, great team. I think James Harden's got to get back to the old James Harden that we're all used to seeing. Uh, he came out and said he lost over 100 pounds. I mean, I don't really believe that, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, but that was definitely a joke. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I do not believe that. But Joel Embiid's also got to stay healthy. He was robbed of the MVP last year. I don't care what anybody says. He was the MVP of the season, um, not Nikola Jokic. And, uh, I mean, like I said, I think MVP doesn't really mean a whole lot anymore. I think it's just statistical award. But uh, the Eastern Conference is loaded, no doubt. And, uh, I mean, I expect – I, I kind of expect the Nets to come out. I think they'll finally – this is finally the year of – What? I, I think it's, what, year four, what? right? Year four of, uh, of what? KD, KD and Kyrie. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know, together. man. That defense is suspect as fuck, bro, over in Brooklyn. Yes! Yes. No, 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 no. I, yeah, they can score points with anybody, but can they get a stop? This is the season no. I think the Nets. No. The Nets put it together. All right. So th- this, go ahead. You want to say what you got to say real quick? I think I get where I get where you're coming from. Last year that defense sucked, but people forget that Ben Simmons is arguably the best defender in the league. He's good. He's very good at he's defense. Good. Best in the league. Chill out. He doesn't. He's up there. He's top. Just because he's six ten. He's top five. Just because he's six ten. You're because saying because he can guard one to five. He can guard a point guard. There's a lot of guys can that can guard one through five. I agree. He's a big upgrade for that squad. I think that but at the end of the day, that I don't think he's going to contribute a ton offensively. Personally, I, he has potential. He's great finisher. He's a liability the rim. on offense. He is a liability on offense, and he showed it in the playoffs. <laughs> last time he played. Yeah, last time. Yeah, last last, last time, time around, he, he was the reason they lost. Yeah. No. Yeah. And. We'll see. We'll see about the Nets. We will see. I want to I wanna move into uh, my question before we get into these opening games. Um, we'll get into the West another time, Dale. But in this Eastern Conference, absolutely loaded. You're not going to let him talk about the Lakers? You can talk about – no, he'll, he'll get to talk about the Lakers. They play on opening day, so we'll get to talk about them. But in this Eastern Conference, I see maybe eight teams here that can all compete to make some noise in the playoffs. But who are the top four teams in this conference? In the East? In the East. I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, I'll let you go first. I know you got it. So top four teams, it's tough because, I mean, I'm just going to – these are the, without a doubt, top, no order, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, and Cleveland. Those are six incredible teams, especially yeah. what Cleveland's got going on right now. I mean, they're just going – Young stars, man. They just keep coming up. I mean, they had to do what they had to do to compete in this conference, and it's going to be interesting. But to put in my top four, fourth, I'd probably have to put Brooklyn at four um, just because they got those offensive weapons. I mean, they got easy money sniper. He's the greatest scorer. If He's one of them, if not the greatest scorer ever. I agree. With Kobe, Michael, all those guys. 
Um, and then at three, I put Philly. I think Philly turns it around a little bit this season. I think they uh, uh, leave a little bit more or give a little bit more of a threat to the rest of the con- to the rest of the conference as they normally struggle come playoff time. But now that they got another year um, uh, with that squad, I mean, you just list them off: Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Tobias Harris. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Um, Matisse Thybul. Matisse Thybul, and I didn't even say Joel Embiid. Yeah, yet. like that team's <laughs> absolutely loaded, and Tyrese Maxey's only getting better. They should James, have no problem. James winning Harden's going to have another year again, or he had the off season to get ready with that offense, with that scheme. I got them at three. Um, I got Boston at two. I they're the defending Eastern Conference champs. Um, I think they're one of the best teams in this conference, if not in the league. I mean, they got the top players and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They got the weapons all around them with Marcus Smart just brought in Brogdon. And then they got the defense. Uh, they got the paint uh, defense with Al Horford and Rob Williams. I mean, I just think that's such a solid team all around. They have no weakness. They have the shooters around their stars. They have probably the – I would say they probably have the best defense in the NBA. And then you, ha- and then you have the – Top superstars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I just think they keep taking another step. I think Jalen Brown averages 24, 25 points this season. I think Jason Tatum averages 26, 27 this season. They're a top team in that conference without a doubt. I got to give the edge number one to Milwaukee. And it's solely because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, if it wasn't for not having Chris Middleton in the playoffs last year, it would have been a completely different series. I still believe Boston would have won it with the momentum and everything they had rolling, but that Milwaukee team is still a big-time threat with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Lopez, all those guys. But having Giannis is obviously the biggest X factor out of them all. That's a that's a good list. I like that list. Um, I'm probably going to have to go Milwaukee at one, Boston at two. That's easy. Those top two are easy, though. Pretty interchangeable, in my opinion. Um, three and four is tough for me. I think I'm going to have to go three. I think I'm going to have to go three Sixers. And then uh, this one might shock you, but I think I'm putting Cleveland at four. Okay. It might not shock Over you. Miami and Brooklyn? Yes. Even though you just hyped up Brooklyn like that? I was hyping both of them up. I was okay. hyping, I was hyping them all up. Keep going. Keep going. Listen, listen. Cleveland has Darius Garland, who they're – paying a lot of money to i think 30 yeah. mil this year uh, uh it uh, comes in next year yeah so yeah. upwards of 30 mil and then donovan mitchell's one of the best Huge shooting guards for them. one of the best shooting guards in the league and then uh you know As evan mobley Jared allen evan mobley i mean evan they, mobley, they got a squad he was a rookie last year and he was he was one of the best power forwards out there yeah defensively and the, uh yeah they have a squad jared the allen they got rim protectors they got shooters they got guys that can finish at the rim and I think if they put it all together, they can really make noise in the East. This I year. agree that they probably have one of the most rounded out, like solid young teams in the league. Um, but the big question for me with the Cavs is if they are going to compete in the Eastern Conference, Donovan Mitchell has to take another leap. And while I believe he's a top scorer in this league, his defense is still a bit of a liability. And he doesn't really have the name as that top 10, top 15 guy. And I think if Cleveland wants to be, like you said, a top four team in this conference, I mean, yeah, who cares? If they're a three seed come playoff time, it doesn't make them a top four team. But if if they even, let's say they get a three seed and they end up playing Atlanta, Philly, Brooklyn, Miami, any of those teams, they're going to get a tough matchup no matter what in this conference. They gotta be able to get over that hump, and is Donovan Mitchell gonna be enough for them? I think that's a big question. I agree. Cavs are not a top four team, and like you were like reading out, I don't think you know even if they're three, like who are they gonna play kind yeah. of thing. Um, I think top four right now. We going into the season. We got at four for me is the Sixers. 
three or, or yeah, four. I got the Sixers. Um, I think the only question for them is, uh, can Joel Embiid stay healthy? Can James Harden get back to being James Harden? Yeah. Um, and, and, and at three, I think it's the Celtics. I think it'd be hard not to put them in the top three in the East, um, considering they just went to the finals. Um, they did lose their head coach. I think that'll be a little. Uh, They'll be fine. We'll we won't see. get into we'll it, see. but yeah, Joe Mazzulla, Joe Mazzulla is that. a great coach. They'll be fine. At two, I got I got the Bucks, um, and then one I got the Nets. I think this wow. is finally the year the Nets put it all together. Um, as much as I cannot stand Ben Simmons, he's a huge upgrade for him on the defensive end. He can guard the best player on any and pretty much any team. Um, and Katie and Kyrie are going to be there. Kyrie's going to play. I don't care what anybody says. We can you know oh Kyrie's this, Kyrie's that. Kyrie's gonna. Kyrie, Kyrie could be in the MVP conversation next year. That's how good Kyrie That's is. That's crazy. That's how good Kyrie is. And, uh, you know, happen, like I, the Nets, they, they got the two best, they got the best duo out east. Um, when you talk about Kyrie, KD, and then you throw in Ben Simmons, who, like I said, can guard anybody on the floor. Um, I think Steve Nash is a big, like we were talking about liabilities. He's a big liability for them. I don't think he's any, any type of head coach. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Um, I think that's really KD Kyrie's team. I, th- I think they kind of run run the show over there. But uh, the Bucks, I think they're still, you know, obviously Giannis is, is, I think he's the second best player in the league. But Second? Who's one? Braun? LeBron. LeBron, Giannis. It's always yeah, going to be fine. Braun. I'm not debating It's that. always Braun. That's fine. But, uh, I mean, Giannis, Giannis is too good. I mean, he, he can have 35 and 15 any any given night. But, yeah, I mean, NBA is coming back. It's an exciting time. Ba- NBA is back, baby. It's back. I mean, like we said, five days away from the regular season, and we got some crazy matchups on opening day of the 18th. The first game I want to talk about is the 76ers versus the Boston Celtics, and I'm going to say what I – what or I'm going to counter off what you just said. You said the Celtics are going to struggle out the gate. I think they dominate out the gate. I think they have one of their best starts to a season in years past, and that's because they know what they want to achieve now. They've been They've been there. Um, they have the experience, and they know what they have to do. And they have, they don't just have the team for it, but they have the chemistry for it. And you can see with everything that Blake Griffin's been saying since that roster, or since he's joined that roster. I mean, it's just all positivity, all positive things out of Blake Griffin's mouth. And he's talking about how everyone's locked in. Everyone has the one goal. And granted, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but that's a lot bigger than people think in the NBA. And with a team like the Celtics, they're not getting too high on that finals. They don't think it's it's not a big deal at all. It's nothing to them, and they understand that. And I think they come out the gate, and they come out the gate swinging. No one's expecting a whole lot from them, just losing Ime Udoka. Not like that case. Obviously, they're expecting a lot. But people are wouldn't be surprised at all if they struggled to start this season because of the new head coach. But I just think with the roster they got around them, I mean, a bunch of big additions. Malcolm Brogdon's the key one. I think he's going to be a huge factor for the squad this year. Um, but going to the opening game, I mean, granted, the NBA, these regular season games aren't as big as a deal as the NFL games are. But an opening day in Boston, this is a rivalry game. Philadelphia versus Boston. These guys are always meeting up in the playoffs. They were back in Tatum and Jalen Brown's young career against Embiid. Um, the Celtics have always seemed to have the advantage over Philly. Um, I'm going to take Boston in this game. I just think opening night, I think Boston's going to come out swinging. While I think Joel Embiid has 30 and 15, I think we're able to contain James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. I think we're able to maintain them to a minimal status game. Uh, we got to make sure Tobias Harris doesn't beat us on the outside as he's obviously not the most influential factor on that team, but we got to make sure we still got guys on him. 
Um, spreads three and a half. I got Boston. I think they cover. Yeah. Um, as much as I want to take Philly because I really do love their roster with Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, all those guys, Joel Embiid. I love their roster. I think that uh, I think Boston's going to win the game, and I think it's I think uh, Jalen Brown's the X factor for Boston. Oh, without he a was, doubt, he was last year. He's the X factor the entire season. Yeah, he's going to continue to be this year. If he plays a good game, I think Boston wins this game, and I think they do it pretty easily. Okay, I like that. I got Philly. You and got Philly. I got Philly in the <laughs> game. I think I think the Sixers Sixers are going to get back to like. There was a short period of time, a very short period of time, when like right after James Harden got traded to Philly, the Sixers like were four or five and zero. Oh, they were rolling. Uh, they were playing through James Harden and Embiid, and everything was going great. And then they, you know, they kind of just hit a hit a bump in the road, and 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 they never really recovered. I don't really know what happened to them, but I think they're going to get back to that. I think they're going to be a heavy, heavy pick and roll team, whether it be James Harden or Tyrese Maxey. Um, obviously, with, uh, with with Embiid being the the pick and roll guy. Um, and then, as you said, they've got to be able to contain guys like Tobias Harris, who's going to be spotting up in the corner for threes. Um, he can obviously knock them down. Sixers got just one through five, a really good team. Um, they're going to be ready to play, obviously, the opening night on the road. But I think I think the two, you know, James Harden and, and Embiid outplay Tatum and Brown. Uh, and then I think, you know, you guys were talking about X-Factors. I think Tyrese Maxey's the X-Factor in that game. Um, and I, I think he's a big reason why they win that game. So before we move on to the next opening game, I just want to point out that Rob Williams is out for this game, and he's going to be out for a few months. But uh, I think they're able to withstand that. I think Luke Cornett will do a solid job playing his role on both ends as he's able to play that pick-and-roll game. He's able to pick and pop. He's able to defend the paint, and he's able to rebound the ball. He's a big guy. So it should be interesting to see how the Celtics do without Rob Williams for the first half of the season. But uh, going into the late game on opening night, I mean, we got your L.A. Lakers going up against the defending champs, uh, defending champs Golden State Warriors. I mean, I'm just going to say what I have to say. I personally think the Lakers win this game. We're going to turn it around. Yeah. We're going to turn it around. <laughs> I, well, we I, are going to while turn I still it around. Think, while I still think this? the Warriors have the better lineup, they're getting James Wiseman back. They got a, uh, they got a great roster around Steph. Um, but you know the Lakers are coming with something to prove this season, and Big time. I mean a lot of Big people, a lot of people are questioning their moves, choosing to keep Russell Westbrook. They got a new head coach in Darvin Ham. Um, it's a little different roster than what they're used to seeing. Um, as I mean, they got Pat Bev now at the guard spot as well. Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder, they are loaded up at that guard spot. Lonnie Walker. I, I just think LeBron and I think AD is the X factor in that game. I don't see one player on that Warriors team that's able to I guard him in this opening matchup. If he stays healthy, the Lakers are going to be a scary team out west. But as they should be, they got Brown. As they should AD, be, I love the fact they. But love the ahead. fact they go kept ahead. Russ. Um, I don't think trading him away was the right move. Uh, I think when you really look at it, they. LeBron, Russ, and AD only played 24 games together, so we, you know, we really don't have a, you know, a we have a small sample size, but not really enough to have a fair assessment about it, I don't think. And Anthony Davis is obviously, you know, he's got to stay healthy, right? He, he just, you know, he'll play a, a week and then he'll be out two months, something like that'll happen. And um, I, I, I like the coaching addition that they got. Like I was saying, uh, when they were looking for a head coach, I don't think they need somebody that's going to come in and. And, and you know draw up these plays and, and and do all this you know analytical stuff they need to they need a coach that's going to get them ready to play that's going to have them ready to play on Tuesday nights Wednesday nights throughout the long regular season it's a marathon 82 games um and I, I think Anthony Davis stays healthy I think LeBron is LeBron still and I think Russ has a better season than than obviously he did last year worst worst season of his career 
Um, last season, I love that they brought in guys like Pat Bev to to change the culture, like completely culture shock in the in the locker room. And and uh, I, I mean, I I think they win well over fifty games. Um, West is tough. I'm not you know obviously not acting like it's going to be an easy easy road, but Lakers are going to get back to to winning games, and and it's going to be a fun season. I'm excited for the Lakers season. All right, what you got, Ben? It's just opening night, but I mean, it's the defending champs against the L.A. Lakers. It's it's a fun one. I think the uh, I think the Warriors are going to win this game. I think uh, Steph Curry is going to continue to be dominant at that position. Clear best point guard in the league. Yeah. One of my one of my top three players in the league. Easy, I think. That's fine. And uh, you know, Clay Thompson. And I don't think people are talking about the return of James Wiseman enough because. It's a big upgrade. It is. Last year, upgrade. last year, their biggest problem was they couldn't. They, you know, they, they didn't have a. They, didn't, they don't have guys to guard. They didn't have a guy to guard. Joel Embiid or you know guys like that. They AD. They didn't like, have anyone to guard. Robert yeah, Williams. Yeah, Robert Williams. Like just guys like that. And I think that. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge addition for them on defense. I, their offense is already good enough. As I it was. still bet they start Kevon Looney to start this season out. They bring, I think they bring Wiseman off the bench to start this season. But I think as the season gets rolling and come playoff time, I think they. Yeah. Start implementing uh, James Wiseman into that. Yeah, but I think James Wiseman's one of those guys that actually can guard AD on that team. And you think? Yeah, I do. I, I don't do. think I don't think a whole lot of guys can guard AD. So no, he's say that James Wiseman. Yeah, can, he's I mean, he's can he can he withstand he, him? Can he stop think, him from you know, going James on his Wiseman's own a big guy. Yeah, you know, he's seven feet tall. He's he he's built. He can move. That's why he got picked where he was in the draft. And I think that uh, I think it's going to help them a lot this year. Just which is crazy to say because they just won the NBA championship, yeah. but yeah, now nah, they're getting better, but and the Warriors so, do have so, some, uh, and, some, uh, internal issues there with Draymond. They do. They do. So and we'll you know see. What? We'll it's see kinda, how that it's, helps. It's kind of crazy how he's not getting suspended, not getting charged with anything while Devonte Adams out in the yeah. NFL just tossed over a cameraman. That <laughs> in my opinion, didn't even seem that severe. And yet he just got hit with a misdemeanor charge today. Yeah. So that's, that's bullshit. I, but, I'm very interested to see how they handle that. Yeah, as Jordan well. Poole's Steve, playing it cool. We haven't heard him he say is, anything about he is. it. And which, Steve, Steve Kerr saying he's given Draymond the benefit of the doubt for that, which I don't know. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because he is a veteran or what else you want Steve Kerr to say. But no, nah, I uh, just for opening night, I still think the Warriors are the are the better team. And I think if they were to play in a playoff series, I would take the Warriors. But uh, opening night, I'm going to take the Lakers. All right. So that's that's going to do it for uh, week four. Uh, Lance's House of Sports. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, don't forget to tune in each and every Thursday. You guys have a great night.